just don't like the whole convenience of, oh, Betty and Jughead and Archie and Veronica, and let's just wrap this up with a bow and call it a no, day. No, it's not. No, it's going to be not, all Dawson's not, Creek. No, no, Archie is still in love with Betty, and he's going to realize he misses her. He's not. I don't buy him and Veronica at all. I saw him <laughs> looking at Betty longingly last <laughs> I saw him looking at Betty. <laughs> Yes, and Veronica's Nobody else like, did. Oh, Nobody else did. <laughs> I saw that, and he's like, "No, no, I'm into you." He's he knows what he lost. All right. All right. Okay. Do you want to start the podcast? Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to oh, y'all her, <laughs> a podcast where we tell you about things that we think you should know about, things that we learned about through the week, or. Uh, Things that we have in like a, a knowledge archive, if you will, uh, that we can tell you about because we want you to know more about them. Or in other words, things you didn't even know you needed to know. I like how you moved even this week. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to mix it up. You didn't say your name. My name is Pete Phillips. And I'm Marissa Phillips, and we're not related. Yay. Or married. <laughs> that sounds bad. I didn't mean to say yay. Yeah, You'd be ew. a great sister. <laughs> That's right. So, Marissa, anything making you happy this week? So, if you guys have listened to all like of Like millions them, of Americans getting screwed in with healthcare today? <laughs> see, Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm very fixated on Trump directly telling Puerto Rico that it's, like, their problem. Mm. And I can't get over that, being a Puerto Rican and just being a human. And, uh, two, guys... It's going on three weeks now that I haven't slept normally, mm. and it's showing. People walk by me and go, I'll say, you, you look, look horrible. Okay. <laughs> and I go, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but yesterday, I took a sleep cough medicine, and uh, I I had a kind of sleep that felt like I was awake cognitively, but there was bricks just on my eyes and on my body. <laughs> Did this continue when you woke? Um, no, but it, I was very tired. That seems and to be so, my problem with those uh, those sleep medicines. Yeah, it was weird. So I'm sorry if I'm not myself, but I've been having some dark weeks. But on the bright side, Riverdale started yesterday, <laughs> and it doesn't matter because everything's okay when the Riverdale is there. So how about you? Word. My week... This sounds very self-aggrandizing, but my week, uh, I guess the only things that I have, like, I have to grade a lot of stuff, and I just don't, I haven't done it. So that's, like, one more weight on me that I'm like, oh, I better deliver on this. So the good thing that came out of this week is that I accidentally happened upon our old friend Sarah today, who was praising the podcast, and um, and I also talked to old James, who who was also praising the podcast, and loves, by the way... The strange, uh, out-of-context ways that we mention him in the show, which I promise to do a little bit later as it pertains to my particular topic. Uh, but yeah, so it was nice uh, catching up with those two people. Ew, and also... <laughs> I will let you know. Um, but yeah, it was nice catching up with those two people and uh, finding out that um, people have, like, like, if people said, hey, Pete, listen to my podcast, I would totally, 100%, listen to one episode. But I yeah. don't know 
that I wouldn't come back all the time, depending on who it is and what it is and everything like that. And so, yeah, to hear people talking about the last episode, James was like, oh, I made it through the knitting, but I didn't get through the furries yet. And he's like, but I'm going to do that tonight or later today. And I'm like, my gosh, he's like pausing and coming back. That's amazing. (laughs) In praise of all people who keep tuning in, thanks for doing that. Yeah, thanks to my brother, who was our original listener. And thanks to my Dominic, who I'll have to get what he told me next episode because I don't have enough hand. But he gave me some really interesting info about our sleep paralysis episode. And um, I've had a lot of listeners who I knew from my job in Korea that listened to the sleep paralysis episode. So, hey, everyone in Korea, thanks for listening. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of great feedback. And, uh, yeah, what, where was I going with it? Oh, yeah, I think we need to do a recap podcast <laughs> because, uh, because, yeah, we've gotten a lot of great feedback. But not only that, but people sort of, yeah, conveying their own experiences. Our old friend Ryan... Uh, posted to the website this week about his disdain for Venmo. And so, welcome to the club, Ryan. If you would like to call so that we can actually add your voice literally to the show, uh, please feel free to call 570-763-9231. That is 570-763-9231. Leave a voicemail. And perhaps we can work it into one of those uh, sort of like uh, recap episodes so that we can... Yeah, hear you guys and all you got to say. Thank you. That'd be exciting. Exciting. Triple exciting, I'm going to say. Yeah, sexually arousing. (laughs) (laughs) So who starts today? I don't know. Ah, you're going to start. I mean, if if I started, mine would just seem really gross and and weird. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here's Marissa, everybody. Mine. I will start with my uh, personal story as they all start. So if you heard the last episode... In the intro, I mentioned that my friend convinced me to do social eating on Twitch. And so I decided I should delve deeper on that in case you're like, what the hell is social eating? Uh, I should talk about what that is. If you think what the hell is social eating, please know that you are a normal and well-adjusted person. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But also, to anyone who's wondering, is she really going to do that? Well, I already made the header for my Twitch account, at least. So I'm one step closer. And it's going to be called What Sakura Eats, and I'm always going to dress like the character Sakura, (laughs) always eating something different. Anyway, so what is social eating? Pete, if I say social eating to you, what do you think off the top of your head? You know what I really think of? I think um, one time I went to a restaurant up here, and they had a gigantically long table, and I was dating somebody wow. at the time, and they sat us at one part of the table, and then they put somebody next to us, and then they put somebody next to them. Yeah, and basically, okay. we ended up with a whole gigantic table of strangers. Okay. <laughs> and we happened to be eating, and so we accidentally socialized while we were eating. That is a good guess. I mean, that is, I guess, social eating in a way. But the way I refer to it, so on Twitch, uh, social eating is actually a new bit, uh, like beta category on Twitch. I think it just launched, and I don't think they had any intention on having it on Twitch when Twitch started. Um, So it's a new thing on the live streaming platform. And the way Twitch markets it is they say social eating lets you share a meal with your community. Having your meal while watching someone else have theirs celebrates something people have done for eons, dining together. The spirit of social eating is less focused on the act of eating itself and more focused on a sense of companionship and inclusiveness. That's what they say on their website. Sure. So it's kind of like, you know, like, be having dinner with a friend. 
on the live stream. But so why? Why is this on Twitch now? Which is a platform that mainly has people live streaming their video gaming. Well, social eating uh, actually has its roots in my favorite place, South Korea. Um, it is actually called mukbang. I hope that's all, that's gonna start my part too. This is great. Is? We're so we're intertwined this week. Which is a mashup of the Korean word for eating and the Korean word for for bang. <laughs> no broadcast. Um. Anyway, so its main purpose is um to help people enjoy food in a social setting, kind of like going out to a restaurant with your friends, you know, you're interacting with someone else, it makes you feel less lonely. Um, so mukbang in Korea is a money-making industry. It's not just like some fringe weird thing in some corner of the internet. Um, a lot of hosts get their money through fan donations or advertising partnerships with restaurants. Um, and in Korea specifically, uh, I don't know about in America, but in Korea, uh, like, there's like they can either do mukbang through YouTube or through something that I think it's called Africa, A F R E E K A is a streaming platform where you could send star balloons that actually have a monetary value that then the streamers could like um, could end up like submitting for money. So yeah, so mukbang actually some people can make some really good money doing mukbang in Korea. And mukbang could be purely eating, or it could be a combination of cooking and eating, as long as it's all, you know, being streamed live to your viewers. So mukbang stars, I mean, anyone can do mukbang. You're just eating in front of a camera. But, like, the most of the really popular mukbang stars are really attractive women eating a profuse amount of food at Who are apparently tiny. Yeah. Yes. So... It's interesting because there's controversy because they're eating, like, when I say a lot of food, I don't mean, like, ooh, they're eating a big plate of pasta. I mean, imagine someone making an entire, like, pot of pasta for a family and, like, eating it out of the pot. Or, and then, like, like, then you have, like, a KFC bucket next to it. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, like, one of those... Oh, like one of those chocolate chip cakes that you can get at KFC, too? Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, not why you go to KFC, but it's still delicious oh, when you get it. Yeah. It's, like, chocolate with chocolate chips. Sorry. So, yeah, basically, like, someone eating the entire KFC family meal all by themselves, but they're a really tiny, really skinny, really cute girl. That's your average, uh, like, really popular mukbang star. But there are also, like, just dudes that are mukbang stars and, you know, like, young kids. But, um, so I'm going to talk a little about... Some of the biggest mukbang stars in Korea. Some of the articles I was reading were like from 2015. So if anyone listening is a mukbang enthusiast <laughs> and knows that there is somebody more popular, just know that I realize, you know, times change. These people might not still be the stars. But in ever since that sex scandal, that dude is not on the top anymore. <laughs> well, as of uh, multiple articles I read from like 2015. Um, one of the most popular mukbang stars of all time was someone called uh, Park Soo-young, who is also known as the diva. Um, she lives her she live streams herself cooking and eating every single night. Um, and while she definitely made enough money where she could just 
kind of just do mukbang full time at the beginning at least i know that she had a day job and then would come back and she said she was kind of bored and had nothing to do after work so that's why she decided to do this so the diva is an attractive woman in her 30s um that can sometimes eat hundreds of dollars worth of food in one sitting and when i say that i don't mean like she's eating like expensive caviar or something i mean like she's just eating so much food hundreds of dollars of mac and cheese so many different things and um but usually they, they're not just eating one of the same thing it or at least she doesn't um but um she has had to spend uh sometimes multiple thousand dollars on food every month uh but that said it is estimated that she sometimes makes nine thousand dollars a month yeah so, i was reading like 50 bucks like a somebody will pay 50 bucks to watch diva eat <laughs> It's crazy. And that's yeah. like a bargain. But like, and I don't, yeah, a no meal. one's making them do this. It's not a subscription service. I don't, I don't understand. Right. But anyway, the relationship people have with food in Korea is different than the relationship people have here with food. And I don't know if social eating would ever really take off in the United States. But in Korea, the social eating is really about eating your food deliciously like and with vigor and really looking like you enjoy it is this what 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 you're planning to do shut up no i don't know that's what i'm trying to figure out do i want to do korean style or american style or what but anyway vigor is eating (laughs) so um the diva is quoted saying I tried to look pretty, I tried to eat pretty, and eat a lot of delicious food. So she is very, like, a very, very pretty woman. She's very pretty features. You can tell she dresses up very nicely every time before she does her video. And she says also that a lot of her fans are on a diet. And she thinks that watching her gives her fans a vicarious thrill. Yeah, I read read that as well, that... um... The people who like want to eat but can't eat, they watch somebody else eat, and it sort of, it, it was almost like it triggers the right brain chemicals to make you feel like you did it because you got to watch somebody else experience it. Well, I personally think I'd just be annoyed. Um, I would be too. I'd be like, yeah. bitch, share that cupcake. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people in Korea like there's a real big pressure to be skinny and be on his diet all the time. Um, so yeah, I can see that happening. Dime store plastic surgery, right? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, she basically says that she thinks the trend is driven by an obsession with food, eating, and dieting, and also just the loneliness of urban life. Um, so people, like I said, don't want to be alone when they're eating. Um, and there has been speculation that perhaps she purges because she's very skinny, but she swears she doesn't diet. She swears she doesn't purge. And um, if she does, she doesn't do it on camera. Yeah. She swears she's gained 20 pounds since she started it in the article I was reading, but I don't know, she still looks super tiny. And uh, she admits to spending one and a half hours a day on her hair and makeup. You think that's all at once? You think like she does 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there? <laughs> all at once? Because that's, that's too time, that's too annoying. I realized but at the end of the question that it was a dumb question. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another popular one uh, calls herself Fitness Fairy. Um... It said that she was a former physique builder, and I'm confused whether or not that is the same thing as a bodybuilder. She was very fit and she had muscles, but she wasn't like 
crazy fit. Anyway, she was a former physique builder turned mukbang star. I watched her eating... Do you know what spicy rice cakes are, Pete? Nope. Okay, well, if anyone listening knows what dakboki is... I know what a rice cake is. No, okay. wait. No, no I don't. Not. Never mind. No, okay. Take Never it back. Mind. So I watched her eating two humongous pans of dakboki, and I also watched her eat a tray... Well, she had a tray of 10 cheeseburgers in front of her, but I didn't have the patience to see if she ate them all. I could I eat mean, a cheeseburger. Quite frankly, they put a profuse amount of food in front of them, but they don't always eat it all. I feel like in America, to watch someone do mukbang, you'd have to be like, oh, man, watch this person eat all this food so fast. But in Korea, I think it's mostly like, ooh, look, they look like they're really enjoying their food. I don't think they really care if they eat all of it. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to correct you, but what drives me actually crazy about here in America is when you watch these top chef shows and they just have like a couple of forkfuls of stuff and then they just get rid of it. And it's like the complete opposite for me where I'm like, eat it. If it's good, then eat it. What is wrong with you people? I agree. I will say they definitely don't do that on these things. They definitely eat a crap ton of food. Um, so fitness fairy is also very thin, but she admits to spending several hours exercising every single day to maintain her physique. So I don't know how she does anything besides eating and exercising. It's not like that's all she has time to do. And the last one I'm going to mention is he calls himself Patu. Uh, this is a boy. Uh, he's a teenage boy. When he started doing mukbang, he was 14. That was two years ago, so I don't know if he's still doing it, but he'd be 16 by Presumably now. Presumably he's 16, yes. Well, I know he's 16, but I don't know if he's still doing it. Um, and this boy was making about $1,500 a night. That sounds like a sex trade. <laughs> and honestly, I don't even know. The girls, they're cute. They're eating a whole bunch of food. They're cooking it first. I don't know what was the allure of this dude. Because in one video, he's trying to eat five pocket, five packets of ramen all in one pot. Would it be Wait, weird for me to ask you if you think that he's attractive since he's 14? You can ask me that, but no, he's not attractive. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think he's – no, he's not like a hot 14-year-old. He's just like Ooh. a doofy 14-year-old. Right. Um, in one video, he tries to eat five pockets of ramen, uh, but he gives it up after only eight minutes. 18 minutes. I'm sorry, 18 minutes. So basically, back to my point where, like, it's not necessarily a food challenge. It's more just like, ooh, watch him eat all that. It's not like, oh, man, he better eat all that. That's why I'm watching. Like I said, nothing really needs to be achieved. <laughs> like, they're eating, but they don't have a goal. Uh, these videos are, like, like kind of, life. like, basically banal, kind of like shopping haul videos or, like, unboxing videos. Like, it's just like, okay. <laughs> and personally, despite the fact that I want to do this, no, I definitely don't want to do a Korean style because these are full of food sounds, and it makes me want to die. I watched the lady swish her noodles around in the black bean sauce for like a whole minute, and it was just like, and I was like, this is disgusting. This is the second episode in a row we're going ASMR. <laughs> yeah, I was, and then you hear them chewing, and it's gross, and then like you hear the broth sizzling or whatever. There's just too many sounds, and I don't want them. And um, throughout the video. Usually the girls are, like, shaking around, being like, ooh, this is delicious in Korean. I want to try and say it, but my pronunciation might be bad. Like, ooh, mashikita. That's and the like, only thing they do in English is they say this is delicious. No, they say it they say Korean. If, if any people in Korea are listening to me, 
I'm, I'm not making fun. I just have really bad pronunciation. And I think I said the right word, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, squealing with glee and they're really excited. Like, they just seem like they're so stoked to eat. So, um, why mukbang? Like, why? Why is this popular? Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, that's the question on everyone's mind right now. <laughs> so, um, looking at some insight, let's see. Jeff Yang, an Asian-American cultural critic and senior vice president of the global research firm Kantar Futures, says that mukbang has its origins in the loneliness of unmarried or uncoupled South Koreans. Sing it. And in addition to the inherently social aspect of eating in South Korea. And the Korean site Dalian points out that the popularity of these eating shows might be due to people's desire to not eat alone, just like the other guy said. My personal weigh-in, because I spent more than two years in South Korea. Not that I'm a, a master, but I will just say 100% what, what the, the scholar and the, the other thing said. People in Korea do not like to eat alone, ever. And someone thought it was really weird that I did like to eat alone. So I definitely can see the allure of someone who doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have a boyfriend, doesn't live with their family, like not wanting to be lonely while they eat. Also, Korea is lonely as hell, and everyone works insane hours. So basically, like, some people just, like, work all day and then go home to sleep. So, like, I can imagine how comforting it is, like, to, like, go home and kind of, like, you know, fake eat dinner with this cute girl or whatever. Also, people seem more stoked about food in Korea than anywhere I've ever been. And, like, people were really... I've been told multiple times in Korea, oh, my gosh, you eat so well. And by that, they meant, like, I can eat a lot. Like, oh, Marissa, you eat so well. Like, I've been told that at least, like, ten times. So, like, there seems to be some value, which is very weird to me. Some value to being able to eat a lot, which is very weird to me, considering how much pressure it is for you to be thin. So it really fucked with me when I was in Korea. Because everyone was like, eat well, you're not eating enough. But then if I gained weight, I looked better than everyone. So Korea is intense. If you would like to know more about mukbang, in, in addition to what I said... Um, Spell that for people. Well, yeah, sometimes on the internet it's spelled M-U-K-B-A-N-G, but other times it's M-E-O-K-B-A-N-G. Yes, Which yes. I would have thought it was the M-E-O. Um, now, two things to check out if you're interested at all. Um, there's a lot of stuff on the internet with Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead with mukbang. Um, first of all, there's him talking to Conan O'Brien. There's a clip of him talking about mukbang and explaining mukbang to Conan O'Brien and showing this really weird mukbang star. Um, so I would suggest you Google Stephen Yun is obsessed with Korea, Korean <laughs> Peter Griffith. Or Peter Griffin? Is it Griffith or Griffin? Griffin? I think okay. it's Griffin. So it's Stephen been a while. Ever since that Twinkie Korean... episode, I mean, they never they never reached that peak again. So Stephen Yan is obsessed with Korean Peter Griffin is a informative clip that's very brief. Now, my favorite thing, my favorite thing that is so hard to find someone else that likes it as much as I do. Stephen Yun. Oh, it's so brilliant to me. I just wanted to die when I found it. Stephen Yun stars in a comedy web series about mukbang a mukbanger and it is called what's eating i think it's called what's eating steven young you can just google that and it's on youtube it's on a lot of things just google steven young mukbang series or steven young or what's eating steven young hey how do you spell young in that situation why you y-e-u oh yeah y-e-u-n so what i found interesting i found this series 
hilarious. What I found is that, one, Korean people in Korea don't find it funny. <laughs> they don't find it offensive from what I showed them, but it's just like, I don't know, it's funny. Okay. Two, if you don't know anything about Korean culture, it probably goes over your head. But it seems to be the sweet spot for either expats living in Korea or just American people that know a lot about Korean culture or maybe like Americanized Korean people. And if you know what either Guiyomi or fan death are, then it will be hilarious to it you. It is not going to be funny to me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but anyway, so basically, like I said, everything I talked about was Korean mukbang. So Korean social eating. Oh, no. Can social eating catch on in the U.S.? I hope so. As someone who will be who will be eating socially. <laughs> I feel like the only social eating that could make it here is like really big busted girls. When I'm going to do it, I'm not going to seductively eat. And I'm also not going to make smacking noises. And I'm not going to put the sound on so high that you can hear me eating. Can it's you... Can you make money, though, in the platform that you're using? Yes. But basically, I will admit the reason I want to do this is less because of the eating, but more I just want to be ridiculous and do something performative. And I feel like that just kind of gives me an excuse without me having to put on my own woman woman comedy show. Like, I'll just be like, I'm social eating, but then it'll also be, like, fun and I'll do other stuff besides eating. I'm not just going to be like... Look at this chicken. And then just like... <laughs> look, look at this chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, would you ever consider doing mukbang? No. Here's why. If I was going to mukbang, if I'm using... You any... like mukbang. <laughs> if I'm going to do mukbang, um, I'm just going to live stream. I'm just going to stream oh, my whole okay. entire life. You could just watch yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Okay. Which I talked to you briefly about through text message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I insist you see my thumbs? Nobody sees you doing thumbs. Because um, I I was trying to find a complimentary topic for this week, and I was like, oh, live streaming seems like an obvious thing. Because if, if you're going to watch somebody eat, you may as well just watch them live their whole life. So I discovered that the company Cam Soda, which is a cam girl platform, recently started this program and this is just an FYI for our listeners <laughs> recently started a program where they will send you three HD cameras and they will pay your internet for the month and they what? will also they will also give you 200 additional dollars to live stream now 200 dollars oh. a month to live stream it's like what are you kidding me but of course you could potentially make money from people tipping and stuff like that the thing is, everybody, <laughs> I, w I went to Explore, and one, you have to deal with explicit sexual advertising and, like, banner ads and stuff, and two, everybody's is trained at a place where you would have sex. So it's either at a couch, where two people are all the time, or it's at a bed. 90% of the time, it's at a bed. Do you have to have sex? No, you don't have to have sex. But you also don't make any money, usually, unless you do. And that's I would because... take $200 to just have people watch everything I do. Right. But the idea here is you want to make more than $200. And basically, people come to the Cam Soda website in order to look at Cam Girls. And so when they switch over to live streaming, they expect the same stuff. And it's yeah, just yeah. sort of a misinterpretation. So this is a new thing. I think Cam Soda probably should have started a separate, like a completely separate site. 
Um, but the history of live streaming is also very interesting. You can go back to the 90s when a guy used to walk around with like a like really arcane webcam and um, and actually wired, tethered to a machine in his home, and he would walk oh, around wow. and sort of do something through a like a very 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 rudimentary Google Glass sort of situation. So seeing oh. something through the eyes of someone else. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't cover that this week, even though you just gained some free details on that. What I ended up going into was I discovered mukbang, and I was going to try to use that as a as a segue to get into what I was going to talk about this week. And the idea here is that my pal Marissa here said, I'm thinking of doing this social eating thing. And she qualified it by saying nothing sexual. And I said, anybody who pays to watch somebody do something on the Internet, there's a sexual aspect to it. Otherwise, why would you spend the money on it? And my pal at work, James, also agreed with me. Now, I have to admit, I have a little bit of apprehension talking about this this week because we have a lighthearted podcast, and I feel like I'm talking about a pretty serious topic. The reason is because I did a whole bunch of research on this particular topic, which is vorophilia. And vorophilia is basically being sexually aroused by the concept of being eaten by another person. This is not to be confused with sexual cannibalism. I promise I will explain that very shortly. So I started to do a lot of research into this paraphilia because paraphilias are something that sort of piqued my interest, and a paraphilia is, if we're going to be crude about it, just say a fetish. The difference, in case you care, between a paraphilia and a fetish is that a fetish would be like, oh, I'm into to ladies' shoes, and I'm not going to be able to harm a lady or myself just because I'm into ladies' shoes. But if I'm into chopping off a lady's foot and eating it <laughs> obviously that's going to cause some cause some harm and so that becomes a paraphilia and a mental disorder because it's going to cause harm to other people now i do all this research on this topic and then i just happen to and i know you're not a fan marissa i just happen to hear like a five second clip from lauren lapkus's podcast which had beth stelling on this week i love beth stelling and she mentions a documentary called Zoo, which is about bestiality. I oh, can't, yeah. I can't help myself. I end up watching the documentary for free on YouTube about a man who had a sexual encounter with a horse and died from internal bleeding. And it was so I fascinating know. that when I hit the end of the documentary, I was like, I can't talk about this this week because it's not respectful to people who suffer from these kinds of disorders. And it's not to say that just because you are aroused by the concept of having sex with animals that you're a terrible person i don't think that's true but i think that this concept of of acting on it and sort of you know yeah sort of har you are harming an animal in this particular case the person was harming himself as well and um i do not agree with the people who are very quick to go well it's it's the horse's fault <laughs> that's it's clearly not the horse's fault um so you know, it feels like a bit of a gray area, but I do also want to demonstrate some level of respect for the people who, who sort of uh, experience this sort of thing. So I'm going into vorophilia, and I'm using a clinical uh, study to kind of build off of that, and uh, it's called Vorophilia, a Case Study in Masochism and Erotic Consumption. And the idea here, um, in case you're like, I'm turning this thing off, <laughs> the idea here, in case it fascinates you at all, is that if you were going to talk about, oh, there's a quote in here in this particular study that I, I think is, is very amazing to, to demonstrate the difference. If you're talking about sexual cannibalism, that means you want to eat somebody to get off. Uh, that is clearly very harmful. When you're talking about vorophilia, though, you're talking about the idea of being consumed 
um, which is still very harmful if you take that all the way to its logical conclusion. But the consumption is is a loving act in vorophilia. It's sort of a, a more violent act in sexual cannibalism. Uh, one person says, I would eat my girlfriend so that she could become a part of me, so that two people become Hello. one, that sort of thing. Hear me out. <laughs> but they go on to say, I would eat George Bush or Dick Cheney so that I could destroy them. <laughs> and so you can sort of demonstrate a little bit of a difference between wanting to like destroy somebody, kill them, that sort of thing, and also wanting to have a part of them with them. Now, if we get into Jeffrey Dahmer and all those sorts of situations, yeah, we end up with some weirdo situations. But I got to it because I also, after sort of looking at mukbang and everything like that, yeah, there was this idea of you could sit down and eat some eat dinner with somebody on the internet, although they don't really know that you're eating. It's not really a two-way conversation in that respect. But this concept of eating a lot of food took me into feederism. Feederism is basically a paraphilia that's related to adiophilia. And that's basically fat people turn me on, okay. um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Again, as a fetish, that exists perfectly fine if you like to, you know, to be into large people. But it gets to be a paraphilia, a more harmful thing, when you become a gainer slash feedee or an encourager okay. slash feeder. Oh, no. So if you're a gainer, you're somebody who who is constantly fed by another person, and you literally get off on the concept of becoming larger and larger and larger. What? 10% of gainers express immobility as a fantasy. They oh want to not gosh. be able to move from eating so much food. And then you have your feeder slash encourager, and that's the person who does the feeding or watches the feeding or something like that. So taking this kind of concept of mukbang and, and kind of taking it to a very unhealthy level, that's where you end up. But yeah, I, I sort of started to, and I don't know how to explain this without sounding like a weirdo, but I was more fascinated by vorophilia because vorophilia is, yeah, this concept of having somebody in like, as a part of you. I don't want to say inside of you because that has several different euphemisms. Yeah. And if I'm being 100% honest with everybody who's listening, I will tell you that when I was a kid, my cousin lived with us. And my cousin was like probably in his early 20s. And he had like Playboy magazines and penthouses and things like that. And I remember reading some like little short story in. That's right. I'm a kid who's <laughs> looking at penthouses and reading them. <laughs> and there was a story about somebody being consumed and i i don't know i i don't remember the details of it but i do remember that i remember reading it and thinking like that's ooh, weird I no like i this. did not think ooh i like this <laughs> i remember thinking that's weird because the idea was halfway through being ingested the person clearly lost all ability to get oxygen and they died that's not cool <laughs> wait what do you mean they lost oxygen they was were they being consumed right. by a giant and then they Yeah, just, it was oh. it was sort of a fantasy type story where this person could almost sort of unhinge their jaw like a snake sort of and consume a person. Um and yeah, uh, eventually you can't breathe anymore and you end up dying. That's absurd. You get like 2 seconds of pleasure and then you're dead. Right. If you take it all the way to that inevitable conclusion and obviously I think that we all know Giant humans are uh, don't exist unless we bring that up on a future podcast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I guess you could be eaten by a snake that dislodges its jaw, but a human being can't do that. And so you're sort of 
you're sort of Venn diagramming vorophilia and bestiality if you desire to be <laughs> consumed by a snake. Now, what was interesting is in this academic case study, the pairing of eating slash consumption with sex is common in the animal kingdom and exists in human as well. The many phrases that exist in the English language that relate sex slash love to consumption, including referring to someone as looking good enough to eat, uh, mm. the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and describing sexually a sexually appealing person as sweet, juicy, appetizing, delicious, Ew. tasty, all these kinds of things. No one's allowed to call anyone juicy. That's disgusting. <laughs> It takes it further to end up in the, um, if you are familiar, into the Christian realm of consuming the body of Christ and everything like that. And so it might not be a surprise, depending on when a certain person has some sort of sexual awakening, that this sort of thing might actually manifest itself. So it's the act of eating that sort of revs the sexual engine, but the key distinction, again, is that you're not being chewed up or anything like that. You're not being hurt. Um, it's this idea of, again, sort of being eaten. Um, there is a famous case of a German computer programmer who ate his willing partner. His partner mm -hmm. was like, yeah, I think you should eat me because you want to eat somebody so bad. So they, the, the partner died and the person ate him. Did that he is the partner? Yeah, that is sexual cannibalism, and that's not really what we're talking about today, although I imagine most listeners are not making much of a distinction <laughs> Did he eat the person alive, or did he kill him first? Kill them first, yeah. You want to oh. cook it, right? Oh, but so, I would think you like... Oh, all right. I, I feel know. like, how can you enjoy it? Because then your fantasy would be... Oh, but it, okay, it was the cannibal's fantasy, not the partner's fantasy. Never mind. Right, okay. yes. A vor would rather be swallowed whole, uh, working us off of this idea that... Whew, hear me out here, because this does get a little... I hate... This gets a little oddly graphic. This concept of being 100... Oh, <laughs> because this reminds me of an ex-girlfriend. Not literally, but like metaphorically. Oh. This concept of being completely 100% surrounded by the person that you love or 100% <laughs> completely surrounding the person that you love. I love you so much, I'm going to eat you up. I mean, we've heard that. We've heard people say that to kids or something like that. Oh, you're so cute, I could eat you up. That sort of a thing. This is taking that to a sort of unhealthy and, again, unrealistic, hopefully, uh, situation in that, yeah, your body is sort of surrounding this person. Now, when we say this, we mean with our metaphorical love, we want to surround somebody and make them feel whole and whole, you know, warm and everything like that. Vor becomes a paraphilia if you take it to its inevitable conclusion, but you can do this in some ways that are legal? How about that? Let's say legal. How? How can you do it legally? <laughs> there is the curious incident of the turkey man who is cited in this particular study and other studies about vorophilia. The turkey man hired a large woman as a dominatrix to go and meet him at a hotel room. When the dominatrix entered the hotel room, there was a large cardboard oven in the room that this person had crafted ahead of time and basically the man laid in the oven with his socks only on and the dominatrix described what it would be like to eat him and cook him and the whole nine yards and you know what the guy got what he wanted out of it if you know what i mean and there was absolutely no physical contact so when you really get down to it it's not really a healthy thing to have if this is something that you are like, oh my God, I'm so glad somebody's finally talking about this because I've been suffering from this for years. 
uh, then there are certainly places that you can go online where you can find some sort of camaraderie, but obviously you don't want to take this to an, its inevitable conclusion of actually consuming someone. That's not healthy. That is why it's a paraphilia, and you can certainly get help for it as well. The question, uh, I, I don't even want to say question, but maybe the sad circumstance of the particular study that I uh, found on this is that most psychologists are not prepared to deal with a person that comes in confessing this sort of thing. So that is a little bit unfortunate. They don't even quite know oh. the right questions to ask in order to diagnose porophilia. Especially if, for example's sake, you were to live in a town like mine where you are not really close to the right resources. And going back to the back to the documentary zoo, that actually seemed to be a problem that that particular person suffered from. They had these feelings and they lived in a remote town in Washington and they didn't actually, they weren't, even if they sought out help, they weren't able to get the correct help because it was a small town. Oh. Um, if you find some sexual arousal while watching somebody eat a normal amount of food, then you just have a fetish that's related to food, like George Costanza, and there's no problem with that. You know, again, different things sort of light different people up, and there's not a problem with that. And I guess when you really come down to it, I'm using vorophilia as an example uh, to, to, to sort of inform the audience today about the difference between, between a fetish and a paraphilia. Paraphilias, I think, are fascinating because, and this is my thesis, which probably should have gone at the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what fascinates me about paraphilia is, is the heights that we will go to harm ourselves or others just to reach a sort of level of sexual satisfaction. And if we sort of take sex out of it, as I was talking with James today, who was so elated to discovery that they made a documentary <laughs> about the case of Mr. Hands slash the horse. Oh, yeah. I've read all about that. I need to watch the documentary. <laughs> when I was talking to him today, and, and conceptually, if we eliminate sex from the whole entire thing, and say we take thrill-seeking instead, and the amount of harm that someone will put themselves in just to get that high. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I just find that really fascinating, sort of the, the lengths that, that someone will go in order to sort of feel that high that they think. And that's kind of why I'm interested in paraphilias. Got it. Can I stop now? <laughs> I feel like any more that I say is going to be incriminating or odd if this wasn't already. <laughs> One, I while I appreciate your sensitivity, you definitely did it in a tone as if you assume someone listening does do this. <laughs> um, I would like to say that. Here's hoping. Uh, two, <laughs> Spread that listenership. Um, I don't know if any of my listeners have ever heard the podcast, Last Podcast on the Left. One of their very early episodes where they talk about, it's like an episode called like Dark Corners of the Internet. They read a whole bunch of like fan fiction. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. They read some fan fiction, but then they also read like, like, on a fetish board, like, people calling for partners willing to do this. So they basically call, like, read, like, wanted ads, like, wanted, someone who will eat me alive slowly until I die, like, things like that. So basically, I'm very familiar with what you're saying, because I was listening to them basically just read people on the Internet seeking partners to either eat them or, like, let them eat them, which... It chilled me to the core, but yeah, you're right. I mean... And one of the things that seems to come up a lot with that, like uh, this particular study worked with a, a guy named Stephen in the study. I'm sure that's not his real name. But Stephen had these certain proclivities and he felt so much guilt and shame attached to them. And his proclivities were just to women's feet. And okay. again, um, 
you can find somebody who might be willing to help you and satisfy that certain proclivity. And in that case, it's not a harmful thing. But once you sort of, yes, yeah, sort of take that to a level where people are unwilling and, and everything like that, then it becomes a problem. And yeah. that's the case where you sort of uh, should get some help. And so I guess, you know, and, and you and I have met some, some people into the, uh, the BDSM community through our particular studies uh yeah and so and and it's not like they're bad people or anything like that but you almost have to find that right person that sort of matches the thing that you're looking for assuming that again it doesn't sort of take itself to a harmful place so from a positive perspective trying to be again sex positive sort of find somebody who helps you get what you need and uh kind of make that shit work (laughs) and to wrap it all up in a bow if what you need is to see Women eating profuse amounts of food. Then subscribe to Marissa's channel on Twitch. And <laughs> oh, yeah, or watch my channel on Twitch. If my brother's listening, I swear it's nothing weird. Yeah, no, I think that's another interesting aspect of any media that you put out there. Somebody could be getting off to our podcast right now, Marissa. We can't help it. We're just when that I good. When I work telemarketing for Nestle, someone Ooh. used to call and start doing stuff to themselves just to us being like hello nestle how may i help you and then say say nestle again (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you're right people people are something man any plugs (laughs) um yeah we are we have any uh do you have any questions i have to say you know that i love everything i love knowing everything about life and i love everything that's fringe but and the thing about me which is my blessing and my curse is I need to understand the mindset that the person was in. So you tell me this, and I'm going to later just, like, try, try so hard to visualize how someone could want to be in a cardboard oven, having someone explain how they're eating. But you know what? My point is that I can wrap my mind around a lot of things, and this one stumps me a bit. I I can't. I can't. Like, you kind of... I kind of got it when you said, like, oh, you want to, you know, have your whole self inside someone else. You become one. But, like... That was the thing that kept coming up, this concept of, like, I love you so much. I want to carry you with me everywhere I go. I want to consume you, that sort of a thing. I can see that if you're, like, yeah, some next-level romantic with a sort of fetish wrapped in it. But just to be someone who wants a dominatrix that you don't know to talk about eating you, that I don't understand. Because that's not about loving her and wanting to Yeah, there's, there's a lack that. of intimacy to that sort yeah. of a situation. So yeah. I can only understand it in an intimate situation. When you kept saying that our our topics intertwine, I was really afraid that somehow you were going to talk about somebody live streaming eating somebody. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's inevitably going to happen. <laughs> Do you think the dark web really has like weird videos or are all dark web video stories hoaxes and urban legends do you know what i mean you mean creepypasta no <laughs> like um it's like, hard to say videos on the dark web of people eating it's really hard to say because i mean if i'm being honest with everybody in the audience today i want to say no that's just bullshit that doesn't happen that's just people making things up because in everybody's heart we're all good people and we all care about one another but yesterday, I'd be like, of course that shit's true. People are eating each other all the time because everybody's a scumbag and everybody wants to eat each other. Fair enough. So, yeah, plugs. What do you want to plug this week? 
You know what? I want to plug. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me. I want to plug two albums. Just listen to the St. Vincent record that's coming out this okay. like tomorrow. It's called Mass Seduction. Get that. It's good. And then I can't stop listening to the Dirty Projectors album Ooh. that's called Dirty Projectors. And it's incredibly amazing. And I love it from beginning to end. And it takes you through a whole entire relationship and highs and lows and, and sort of like a peaceful aftermath and everything like that. And I love it. Nice. It's not mine, but I still love it. If you know me, um, you might notice some of my other creative projects, my Instagram, at Courtship of Veneer, where I do neo-Victorian etiquette, uh, has been on hiatus. It's because I am currently displaced, and I do not have a home. I just signed a lease on, or I am signing a lease on, niece? I can't talk. Yeah, I'm signing a lease on a new place soon, so hopefully I can go back to doing my creative projects. So I will plug Riverdale. Which, if you don't have cable, which I don't, they come out on the CW <laughs> app for free the day later. So, Riverdale, make sure you're watching that. Also, Halloween. I want to plug Halloween. Yeah, the holiday of Halloween. Yeah, that's that's perfect because pumpkins and shit. <laughs> it is. Well, everybody, it's been another episode. Go ahead, eat that chip. Eat that no, chip. Live on the internet. Good. Do it. Do it. No. Crunch it up. Crunch That's it up. Mukbang. Everybody wants to hear it. Mukbang. Mukbang. Mashigata. That worked out really well, everybody. Have a great week ahead. And thanks for listening to Y'all Heard. For more, Bye. you can subscribe on iTunes and all that business. Thanks for listening. One, two, three. Bye. 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 Bye.